Hi, my name is Lila Turner and you are listening to the Becoming Relationship Ready podcast series. Here we'll be discussing the twists, the turns, the ups and downs and the wins and fails of finding love and connection. Each week, I will have a different guest share their experience and relationship stories. I'll want to know what are their stumbling blocks, what have their blind spots been, what have their relationship patterns been that felt unbreakable. And I'll also want to know what are their relationship hacks, what have they discovered about themselves and relationships that has been a game changer for them. Welcome, Chetna. Very excited to have you with us. Chetna is an employment lawyer. Is that correct? Yes. Part-time employment lawyer and part-time uh, coach. Really got to kind of know you more recently because you worked with us on Relationship Ready. And I'm really excited to have you here because I've seen so much of your shiny self, kind of, <laughs> I would say it without being a bit cheesy, but like I've just seen you glow and the and the increasing confidence you have to show up as yourself has been just um really gorgeous to watch so I'm really looking forward to kind of asking you a little bit about your relationship experience what has been on your mind in the past what things have kind of felt tricky and how things are feeling at the moment so thank you thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me it's so lovely to be with you well one of the things I'm really curious about is your experience of dating kind of before you know your current time what was on your agenda or when you came across us what was on your dashboard for important and that what you were looking for I like the fact that you use the word agenda in it because that really did feature for me I had an agenda <laughs> and uh, it's fair to say that um, even though I have been sort of in the principles conversation for a few years, relationships has always been an area for me that I've really struggled with. I found myself having had like a really long 13-year relationship with somebody that was lovely and healthy, but then after that having a period of really unhealthy relationships that didn't really extend beyond the sort of six to eight month mark. And it was always like I'd come up against something and then things would fall apart. When I came to you, I was at a point where, you know, I was just getting older and older and the fears in my mind were just getting louder and louder around how impossible it was becoming for me to meet somebody that I really wanted to settle down with. To be honest with you, I just didn't know what to do next. I came to you at a point where I'm really struggling and didn't couldn't really see beyond the fact that things were just really hard for me. When you were in your, I don't know, sort of late teens, early 20s, was finding a relationship easy? When I was at that age, I basically got together with somebody from the age of 15 for 13 and a half years. So my early years were in a really lovely relationship and we kind of grew up together and he was my best friend and it was a really lovely, healthy relationship. Um, but it did mean that when everybody else was discovering boys, I was just really happy with somebody. 
And so after that, did it get harder when you started to think, okay, I've got to choose the one now? Like what happened between then and Um, So actually what happened was very, not long after uh, he and I split up, I actually fell ill with a chronic illness and I put on pause anything to do with men. So for a period of about five and a bit years, it just wasn't on my radar at all. So on the other side of that, I'm then into my sort of mid thirties and suddenly I start having thoughts around needing to settle down with somebody because I really wanted to I was conscious of my body clock and I just really wanted to get on with it so I suppose after my long relationship getting back into the dating game if you like meant all all of a sudden this has been now a serious issue for me to resolve in life and I definitely from that moment on went in with a very serious mind so when you started coming after that long relationship and then your five-year gap, did you do online dating? Were you meeting through friends? Were you going on blind dates? Like how how did you meet people? Most of the time it was online dating. And there were a couple of people that I met just from events, one of which I met on a train, one of which I met, you know, through friends. But uh, most of the time it was dating. And I would go on dates and I would have varying degrees of success the successful side did mean that we ended up in a relationship but as I mentioned it didn't really last beyond a few months did you end it did they end it did you just start feeling uncomfortable or you know like at a certain point I would say there's a mixture of stories and perhaps it was sort of evenly balanced on that so half time it was me half time it was them did you notice that you started to think differently I don't know, I definitely had a, I call it shelf life or, you know, of a relationship. So I did a year and kind of a couple of months before that year was up, it'd almost be like getting your car insurance renewed, but I wouldn't want to renew it. Yeah. So as I say, there was definitely something weird going on around the six month mark. (laughs) And um, funnily enough, um, it felt like in the last maybe year before I came on the retreat, it started to happen at the three date mark. <laughs> so it shortened significantly. <laughs> but yeah, there was a long period where it was about the six month mark and then that shortened. What kind of things were on your mind by the time you were on, you know, online dating? Like I know that you had a list of things that you wanted. Um, was much of that tied up with yourself as a sort of professional that's doing well in their career you have a very lively you know life you do a lot you're dynamic did you have thinking that made you look for certain things definitely um as you say you know I've got this sort of professional background in the city of London so I wanted to meet somebody who matched that and I would go into the online dating space, essentially looking for somebody who was really similar, the same sort of academic credentials, the same kind of maybe lifestyle. I had a list, basically, that I was working against. And so I'd come to it looking for somebody who was really similar to me in terms of background. Do you have a list now? (laughs) No, I don't. One of the things that I think I really really got from the retreat was how limiting and restrictive this made up list has been and so 
whereas before that was my navigation tool, I now have another navigation tool and it's one that um, is less, well, not only less judgmental, but also something I can really trust. And, and that's my wisdom. And I'm sure I'll share more about that. But So in a way, what you're open to has broadened. Like when you're looking online and you're matching with someone, what kind of qualities are you drawn to now that you wouldn't have maybe seen before? Yeah, that's such a nice question. I think it is definitely more expansive. So even to the point where, like, geographically, they had to be in London before, whereas since, you know, I've just not had that on on my mind as a thing. I notice it, but it doesn't rule them out. I think that's what I'd say. And I'm looking for just a nice feeling, really. So I read what they write, I look at their photos, and I just sort of sense check, and does that feel like somebody that I'd like to talk to? And that's about all I go into. So you're just seeing if someone kind of like, I don't know, prickles your fancy. Exactly. Something that feels, it sounds like it's much lighter. That's a really good word. It's definitely a lot lighter. Before it was, as I mentioned earlier, serious. And it was basically a job. (laughs) I had a job to do. And now it's like a lighter, freer, fun thing where I can go, oh, who is it that I'd like to get to know? And I'm also conscious of um, if I'm not in that feeling state, then I really notice it. It just doesn't feel good for me to even be on those apps because I'm just really like, oh, yeah, I'm not up to it in this moment. And so if you're kind of coming at, if your list, tick list or your whole mindset is like lighter, how do you think you're showing up differently? So one of the things that I noticed was with that serious agenda-driven mind, I had a lot of um, heaviness and sort of stories around, uh, you know, I just really needed to get on with this. I I didn't have much time. And so that was absolutely, you know, impacting the way in which I was showing up. So immediately after working with you guys, I noticed that feeling just being a bit uh, lighter. I wasn't kind of going on a date with the same agenda, with the same objectives. And all I was really wanting to know is, is this somebody that I'd like to see again? And really, that's it. But it's had me be more present on dates where I'm actually just sort of open to meeting somebody. Whereas before it was literally, are you going to be the one that I marry is kind of what was going on in my mind. Now it's more like, who are you in the world? You know, I'd just like to know who you are. And are you somebody that I'd like to meet again? It doesn't really go beyond that. And I'm even, I think I'm even open to them maybe even just being a friend, you know, and it not being a romantic thing. I'm just really open to whatever that connection wants to bring which has me be more present with somebody, which has me be easier to be around. You know what? It affects me in so many ways. It affects me in every conversation that I'm having with them. It impacts on every text that I'm sending because basically there was like this inbuilt neediness that has just fallen away. And and even if I met somebody good looking or something, I would think, you know, I've not got long and this one's nice and 
there's not many men out there. So I just need to really make a go of this one. One of the things I've heard in one of the conversations we've had before we discussed this, as you said, well, you know, I'm just going to show up with every part of me, you know, the good, bad and the ugly, so to speak. You know, it's like just as myself. And if they don't like it, it's okay. All of you, the loveliness of you, every bit of you was just right there in front of me, unedited. It's exactly like that. I think that what I have come out of working with you with is a stronger sense of confidence, a stronger sense of me in the world, in that in the dating world, which has enabled me to really be comfortable with all of me in the way that you just described. So that includes the crazy bits, that includes the insecure bits. Like I'm even able to call myself out. It's not like any of that's changed. It's not like I've suddenly become a different person. It's just that I'm not hiding any part of me and I'm really able to be all of me and I'm even able to communicate that with somebody. So I remember speaking to a guy where I actually said, you know, I'm just feeling a bit insecure about things. And if I sound a bit crazy, that's just because when I like somebody, I notice myself kind of going into my head a bit and I can get a bit nervous and I can get a bit weird. So just stay with me while I do that. And he was just laughing. And um, that is a conversation I would never in a million years have had because first of all, I might not have even noticed it. I would have just thought it was them, not me. So I would have attributed it to something they'd said or something the way they were making me feel. But also, I think that I wouldn't have had the confidence to say that because it would have made me think, no, I can't say that because then they won't want to speak to me again. And then I'll have lost this opportunity. Whereas now I'm like, oh, well, if he doesn't like the real me, then, oh, great, that's useful data. On to the next one. One of the things that I can hear you say is you basically stop trying to control it all and manage project manage it and kind of be on top of it. So you've gone from it being a job to actually being a leisure activity. I love the way you put that. And that's exactly right. So I think that in my career, I'm controlling things. I need to have things managed. I need to do this, this and this to have things in order. And I almost feel like I came into my dating life with a little bit of the similar mindset of, yeah, controlling things. I need to make this happen. And if I do this, then that will happen. And um what I saw was how completely unhelpful that was and um it doesn't even make sense for me to do it anymore and I'm really happy um to sit with not knowing what will happen tomorrow with every everyone yeah so I've got to ask you so if I know the glue that can hold my desire to be controlling because that's one of my top skills when I get intense you know it's I want to manage everything so that I can feel stable and know what's happening and one of the bits of glue that holds that shelf in place is if I don't control everything not only will everything crumble but I'll be then vulnerable to like the walking dead (laughs) you know and I think that I hear a lot of people say, well, if I'm not controlling it, then I'm going to be victim of people who are going to, you know, take advantage or not be kind to me. Or like, what's your experience have been in terms of loosening up this very tight caliber of what you're looking for and being much more natural about who you're open to? Have you had like a stampede of walking dead weirdos or has it not been like that? What's happened when you haven't been in control and you've been more open? 
I noticed that before uh, working with you, I was attracting quite a few sort of behaviours that were maybe narcissistic or just behaviours that really weren't suited to me. And I think the kind of maybe knock-on effect of that was, yeah, me wanting to protect myself from that kind of guy going forwards. And working with you had me um, loosen all of this up. And I'm so trusting now of my inner wisdom to be able to do the work for me on that, that I kind of feel like there's nothing to manage. There's nothing for me to control anymore because there is actually one person that I started speaking to where I kind of started to get a bit of an icky feeling and I knew that it wasn't coming from a horrible place. It was absolutely coming from a place of clarity And really quickly, it was just like, no, I just don't have a good feeling and, you know, and close things down nicely. Um, And I just feel like I've got a nice, nice, uh, a nice level of discernment now. But the people that I've been meeting and talking to, generally speaking, have just been a nicer quality. And I don't quite understand that shift, but it's definitely been there. I have noticed that. And there's been more of them. So whereas before, as I mentioned, it was all about like, yeah, there just wasn't really many people around. Suddenly I'm like, oh, okay, cool. There's you and you and you, and I can talk to all of you. (laughs) I'd love to talk just for a minute about that, because if I look back to times in my teenage and 20s where I thought I was really trusting my intuition or my sat-nav, sometimes I call it your sat-nav, I was trusting something that felt essentially anxious It was like, you know, how they have like electric fences around yards and then a dog will have a collar on it. And if it goes near it, (laughs) it was like for me, I was listening to when I got freaked out and took that as the sign that something was wrong. So I was constantly living in, okay, that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. But it also fell into what if this happens? What if that happens? And so I was a bit confused as to what my intuition was. And it was very new for me to consider you know, in my sort of mid-30s, it wasn't until I considered wisdom can feel quiet and doesn't shout at you. That wasn't new for me because everything I listened to in my head was the most loud, abusive voices. The ones that shouted loudest, they have that saying that the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Well, that was definitely true of my anxious thoughts, you know. I didn't really respect that wisdom or intuition would come in a very quiet, neutral voice. Tell me a bit about what that feels like to you because I know you said... I just get a sense that it's not quite feeling right. And you said icky, but you didn't also say, oh yeah, I was totally freaked out. There's a difference. There absolutely is a difference. And I think that's something that when I say discernment, I'm really talking about as well discernment in where I'm at. So I know when I'm in that insecure state and it's almost like I have a seeing of my own state first. And that seeing enables me to know whether I'm in the right state to even make a decision about somebody. So if I'm in that insecure state, and of course I go there all the time, that's just kind of part of being human and I'm okay with that. But when I'm in that state, it does feel like what you've just described. And that isn't what I'm talking about. Whereas before I used to trust decisions from that state, I don't anymore. From a lot of people I've worked with, when something doesn't feel right, they either talk themselves into staying because they think they should be a good person, a nice person, give it a go, or they're insecure, or they just really double-guess themselves and really struggle with that knowing. 
that it, it just doesn't feel right. And you sounded really clean, like there was no, there was no double guessing of yourself when you know it's not right. No, and I love that you've just said that because that's exactly how it is. I'm not even judging them. I like I really want to be clear on that. It's just this doesn't feel right for me. And I'm with love saying goodbye in whatever form that looks like. Actually, I want to say something about that because so even when it's them saying goodbye to me, I used to really struggle with that. And I used to find that that meant a lot about me. And I'd come away with some pretty horrible things that I would say about myself on the other side of it. And what I have found, there's just been one occasion where I remember feeling rejected and I noticed myself kind of having thoughts like that. I just, I suppose what I'm trying to say is it doesn't mean anything about me. And now I'm able to see it for what it is and go, okay, I'm not their cup of tea. And that really is the full stop on the story that I might tell myself. That must be a weight off, hey? So you're feeling a lot less in your head. Yeah, definitely. And also one of the differences I would say is I'm okay with being in a relationship and not being in a relationship. It doesn't mean anything about me. I don't think about it now in the same way. So whereas before it was like, you need that in order to be okay, almost like to be okay in life and to get, get going. Now it's like, I still want it. Don't get me wrong. The desire is still there, but without the same neediness, which means I'm just so much more settled in who I am. I'm confident with or without it. I reckon if we hadn't used the word internet dating in here, people could have easily thought that you were meeting people through friends at parties in bars. Did you have a difference in experience of meeting people naturally in person and meeting people online before? Was it different before? And is it different now? Yeah, so I definitely have noticed myself, as I've mentioned, sort of really seeing the shift in how I'm showing up, whether that's online or in person, because I've met a couple of them in person. But I think that in my experience, it's been just as easy to kind of get to know somebody in this online space versus in real life, if that makes sense. So I'm I'm having video dates and it feels really helpful to do that in the same way as it was meeting them in person. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I was curious because some people find going online is like being pressured to work out a Rubik's Cube in six seconds. It just feels pressured, uncomfortable and difficult. Mm -hmm. And you sound very fluid as if you're just kind of there meeting people as if the online thing isn't a thing. Because I think for some people that feels really hard. And I was just wondering whether that had just got a lot easier recently. Yeah. So whereas before going on an app was a job, I came to it with a lot of um, heaviness. That's the best word I can use to describe it. And I didn't really enjoy it. And absolutely, I saw the barriers that were there in not being able to get the 3D version immediately. And now I would describe it as a lighter feeling and fun. I just really enjoy it. I don't see it as in any way a job. I see it as a fun thing to do. So what does, if someone hasn't tried, because I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, I'm going to wait until we're out of COVID before I date. I'm going to wait until it's in person. Like, what does an online date look like? Do you show up with a glass of wine? What does that look like? I personally don't 
don't get it in terms of, yes, there are differences now, but it doesn't have to be a barrier. So that's the first thing I'll say, because it certainly isn't my experience that it is. And then in terms of what the dates look like themselves, sometimes it will be we're chatting and texting and then they will say, why don't we just have a chat now? And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) I don't think I look nice enough (laughs) or whatever. And I'll have a moment of insecurity, maybe put some lipstick on. And then we're actually just going to speak immediately. There hasn't been any thinking about the planning of it. Sometimes it is that in the moment and spontaneous. And then other times it, it is more planned. I'll speak to you on Saturday at blah, blah time or whatever. And I don't, I don't think I have come to it with a glass. Like I've come to it with coffees, yeah, teas and things like that. But I haven't come to it with wine or whatever. Not yet anyway. And it hasn't been like, oh, let's bring a drink with us or anything. There's been a really relaxed feeling just an opportunity to say hi and get to know somebody and have a conversation. And as I say, the only thing that I've got on my mind at the end of that is, do I want to do it again now? And that has absolutely come from the work that I've done with you. Because before, oh my goodness, I just had so much going on that the poor people wouldn't even really have a chance to get to know me. (laughs) We're looking at possibly coming out of lockdown, you know, in not so long. Do you think you'll change your format? Like, do you think you're dying to get out to sort of restaurants and bars or coffee shops and meet people in person right away? Or do you think this is an extra step that you'll stay happy doing? I don't think I've got any rules around any of this is is kind of what feels true for me. So uh, invariably, I'll chat to somebody on the video call or whatever, and then we'll meet up in person. Um, but then another one messaged and said I don't even want to have a video call I just want to meet I actually live really near you and I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm just open to all of it I suppose yeah if it makes sense to have a video call first I probably will still continue doing that but if something spontaneous comes up and it's an opportunity to see them straight away I'm also okay with that so yeah all of it is okay where are you at right now have you got someone like you're keen on right now have you got kind of interesting prospects but nobody special like how are you feeling about it at the moment where are you at so I probably speak I I mean I spoke to somebody a couple of days ago and came off the phone just not feeling like I wanted to speak to them again (laughs) and so that's where I'm at right now I'm talking to maybe about three people and we'll see There's a couple more things I want to ask you about. And the first one is kind of watching you, I suppose, relax Hmm. and drop a lot of the thinking, like a lot of the thinking kind of crumble and fall away about what you thought you needed to show up with, kind of create a situation of success and outcomes. And with them kind of falling away, I wanted to hear a little bit about what feeling have you discovered inside of yourself? Looks for me from the outside that you've really allowed a very rich, blossoming feeling to come from you from being so at ease in yourself. Is that something that resonates with you? Yeah, it does. Because what I have also noticed is that who, how I am showing up now is so much more attractive, I think, to guys that I have noticed that it's almost like they want more. And I've just really noticed that. It's been really nice to see, actually. It's been really nice to sort of notice that, oh, wow, this works (laughs) when I'm really present and I'm just in the moment. Yeah, just enjoying myself. 
in that conversation, it turns out they want more. That's kind of what I've noticed. And you've enjoyed being you more on dates and in relationships. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So as I mentioned earlier, like I definitely feel more confident about who I am. I I really love your word blossoming because that just it does feel like a flower has blossomed and I've just been all of me with the good bits, the bad bits, just all of it is welcome inside of me. And I'm really good with how I'm showing up with people and just really confident about that. And as I mentioned earlier as well, even when I don't do that, and even when I'm like feeling myself getting insecure, I'm okay about sharing that and being really clear and open about that with whoever it is I'm talking to. I love that. I love who I'm, you know, who I'm being. I got, I've got one more question for you. Chetna, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? That you have everything you could possibly want inside of you. And just always look within for the answer, even when it looks so compelling to look to the other person. You can trust that in that quiet mind, whatever your wisdom's telling you, you can follow that and let that be your best friend. Lovely. I was thinking as I asked that question, you were in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like you were very happy then. Do you think you trusted yourself in that long-term relationship? You know, that's a really great question. And I just, honestly, I don't know is the answer to that. Um, looking back on it, I remember being really happy but I just don't know if I had asked my, if I'd said that to myself, whether that might have made a difference and, you know, a change in events, who knows. But it definitely would have helped me going forwards from that point onwards. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure um, talking with you. And it's just been a real pleasure to watch you, you know, shine and give yourself permission to be everything that is you because you just literally get cuter. Or you let yourself just be you. I just, you, you, you're just gorgeous. So thank, thank you so you. much. I really, really loved working with you. And honestly, it's been life changing. And I just uh, really, really hope that somebody listens to this and yeah, signs up to work with you because it's amazing. <laughs>